Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you about one of the greatest rulers in Chinese history, how he outmaneuvered a political rival when he was only a child, and why he was China's answer to Louis XIV. I am joined today by not one, not two, but three European friends. I got Alice from Paris. Hi! <laughs> and uh, Nico and Amelie from Belgium. Hello! Hello, guys! So, in other words, I'm surrounded by French speakers, which is uh, just as well, actually, because what I want to tell you about today has a lot to do with a king of France, Louis XIV. Of course. Le Soleil. Of course, yeah, the Sun King, Le Roi Soleil. You all know about him, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're fed up all, oh, yes, we do. all about him. <laughs> I know everything about him. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not everything. But you all, you all learn about him in school, I, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because the story I want to tell today has to do with Emperor Kangxi, who of China, of course, this is a Chinese history podcast for the most part, uh, and, and uh, Louis and Kangxi were contemporaries. And they knew of each other. They never got a chance to meet in person, um, but they were—they had a lot of similarities. They were—they were kind of similar people in a lot of ways. And so, you know, in some ways, this is a this is a uh, yeah, this is a this is an appropriate. Um, I have some appropriate participants I have here. Cool. So okay, <laughs> so I'm sure you all know about Louis. How Louis came to be uh, his. His uh, his rise to the throne and his his early years. Mm -hmm. uh, Remind me about it. <laughs> when he was very little, right? He was right. He was uh, I think seven or five. He was like born in sixteen thirty eight, and ish. And I think <laughs> and I think it was uh, right. It was so he was must have been five. He was sixteen thirty eight, and then he was. Uh, crowned 1643, and uh, so he was he was a child, and so he was a Kinderkaiser, like the Germans say, and uh, and uh, he didn't really exercise power for his first years on the throne. Right, the chief minister, uh, Mazarin. 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 Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit in French, yes? Okay, <laughs> Mazarin. Mazarin really, really held the power. He was chief minister. And then uh, when Louis was 23 in the year 1661, Mazarin died. And Louis really came to his, into his own, as, uh, really assumed control. And uh, and uh, and uh, and he announced he didn't want a chief minister, as I recall. He wanted to just do everything himself, which was it was like what? It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we wait, no problem, no problem. And uh, and then and then we have the great Louis who proceeds to rule for the next. Uh, well, he ruled in total seventy-two years, right? Mm. So the, seventy-two years. Seventy-two years. I didn't remember longest that. reigning monarch, I think, in mm. in European history. I think. 1661, Mazarin died, right? And he becomes the, mm -hmm. the king in, in, in reality. Now, in that same year, around that same time, all the way on the other end of the Eurasian continent in Beijing, another emperor lay dying. Emperor Xuanzhi of, of China. 
Now, back up. In 1644, the Manchu people had come in from Manchuria. They had come through the Great Wall, and they had、uh, come in and conquered China. They were not previously considered Chinese.、Oh. In fact, as of 1661, most people would still have said they were not Chinese. They were Manchus, and the the Han Chinese、uh, Ming Dynasty inside the Great Wall had fallen apart when the Manchus came in. And、uh, and they had they had they had assumed control. Now the funny thing was that the Manchus, the Qing Dynasty, Alice knows about that.、Um, oh, began. <laughs> well, you 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 study Chinese history in in, in oh yeah yeah, 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 right. yeah thanks for reminding. <laughs> <laughs>、uh, the the Qing Dynasty, interestingly, you know, oftentimes you have these you know these dynasties, these ruling families, they end with Kinder Kaisers. You know, they end with child emperors.、Mm-hmm. These the men, the Qing Dynasty began with child emperors. is is quite、uh, quite a quite an unusual situation. How、okay, come so, so Kangxi was China Emperor? Yes, I'm getting to that、okay. in a second. I, I was just saying his father, the Shunzhi Emperor, was also a Kinder Kaiser. Okay. So he also got put on the throne at like five years old, something like that. And so in 1661, Shunzhi lay dying. He was only 22 years old, and he was dying of smallpox. Look,、oh, yeah, hey, most hey. common, <laughs> most、right. common disease of the time, right? And, and hey, you know, we're living in a pandemic. You know,、mm. let's talk about let's, well, let's talk, talk about, about we'll talk about vaccines、right? another time. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about.、Uh, actually, there was an interesting.、Uh, this is a fun another time. But Voltaire, in his letters on England, talked about vaccinations in China. But we'll、mm. talk about that、yeah. another day. That will be another、yeah. podcast.、Um, so Shunzi, at twenty-two years old, was dying of smallpox,、mm. and. Twenty-two,、um, but he'd been Kinderkaiser, so he'd been on the throne for eighteen years. <laughs> but all right, only twenty-two. He was dying, and at this time, there was a Jesuit in Beijing, a man from Cologne, named Adam Schall. And Adam Schall, a German, had become a an advisor to Shunzi.、Yeah. And Adam Schall says to Shunzi, "You know, you know what you should do." So, sire, is You know, of your sons, the, your I believe it was the third son. Your, one, one of your sons has already had smallpox. Do you know what that means? It means he's immune.、Mm. You should make him the crown prince、oh. because Shunzi at twenty-two had not chosen a crown prince.、Oh. And Shunzi says, "You're right. You know what? You know, Mister Jesuit man, you're right. I should name the one, the one, the one kid I have." Who cannot possibly die of smallpox like I'm doing right now? I, I,、uh, as the as the as the、uh, as the crown prince. So、um, so right. So so he says, "All right, I am picking my son, who comes to be known as Kangxi." So it was not not his first son. It was like his. It was not his first son. Kangxi was the third son, I believe. Okay. And and it was on recommendation of a man from Cologne. <laughs> and so, so then, and then Shunzi then dies, and so Kangxi comes to the throne, sixteen sixty one, the same the same time as Louis is assuming power, right? Kangxi gets put on the throne. He was seven years old, and、uh, and just like over in France, he had a regent, right?、Mm. He had someone who was really in in power, and just like Mazarin, Mazarin. 
Mazarin. Mazarin. Mazarin. Uh, and so the, this this man who was really in power, this regent, was in Mandarin they call him Ao Bai, but that's uh, that's a uh, that's the Chinese bastardization of his name. His name in Manchu was Oh Boy. What? <laughs> like it's oh Russian. boy. No, well, it's Manchu. It's, it's you know. Which Maybe is... it spells also Russian. Or... No, <laughs> Russian <laughs> Slavic. Manchu is Turkic. It's not. It's not the whole. It's not something else. Anyway, it's like oh boy. You know, his oh. name is like oh boy. Okay. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> that was his okay. name. And oh boy had has been had been this you know had fought in the conquests and he had like you know been in the wars and is like this general. He had all this political experience. And of course, he was an adult, whereas she was a child. Was a good right? So, well, that's why he's regent. But so then he 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 has all the power. He has all the real power, and um, and uh, and uh, he starts to uh, he starts to uh, get a little bit uh, full of himself, you know. Cool, what? Full of himself. Yeah. Yeah. He starts thinking like I'm 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 the real you know I'm the real big dog here. Right, you know the kid, you know. So he's officially the emperor, but I mean, come on, he's a child, right? So he starts, uh, he starts uh, behaving arrogantly, shall we say, and he starts, uh, he starts acting like you know he may possibly one day, one day, plan to just get rid of the kid, right, and sit on the throne himself, right? Okay. Now, Kangxi. As I have already foreshadowed, will turn out to be a great man. He will turn out to be, like I said, he's often compared to Louis Roi Soleil, right? Kangxi is remembered as one of the greatest monarchs in Chinese history, the, the longest reigning one for sure. So, so the story is all about like he kicked out a boy. That's right. That's what it says. <laughs> Thank you for for forecasting that. Right. Um, so, so Kangxi. Uh, decides that he's got to get rid of the you know uncle or boy, right? Mm -hmm. He decides this man's no good. But of course, again, he's only a child. The other guy and the other guy has control of everyone in the palace, right? Everyone looks to the the, the real power behind the throne, right? So how is he going to get rid of the guy who holds all the cards? And and uh, you know. Um, so he says, "Oh, uncle, old boy, hey, listen, listen. I wanna, I wanna have like, I wanna have like other boys my age to play with me. You know, sorry, I'm sorry, it's like a California surfer version of a, hey, uncle, old boy, I wanna have you know other boys to play with me. Uh, and so you know, is it okay? And uh, boys are sure. You know, he wants to encourage his uh, protege. He wants to encourage the young emperor to spend time." Playing games and you know riding horses and chasing girls, doing whatever, right? So 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 Kangxi says, let me uh, let me let me get like a bunch of boys in here my age. He's, he's like thirteen, fourteen at this time. So he brings in a bunch of teenage boys, and um, and takes playmates, right? But what do they play? They're actually training in martial arts. Mm. <laughs> They're actually training in like Manchu kung fu, basically, like Manchu wrestling, like you know, like how to kill people. And no one suspects them. The 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 you know old boys people they don't suspect them because they are children, right? Mm -hmm. But like they're secretly learning how to kill people. And um, 
And I cannot emphasize enough, he's 14 years old. And then after he's perfected his plan, right? He's perfected his coup, essentially, even though he's act, he's on the throne, but he's like plotting a coup against his own region, guess, right? Yeah. And then, and then he uh, invites, invites old boy into, into the palace, right? Mm. And uh, old boy comes in and uh, all, the, all the people immediately around Kangxi are his playmates, right? Are these boys who are in his private employ. And um, and they uh, the uh, old boy comes up, and Kangxi has one of the boys serve him tea. And they deliberately made it so the tea was way too hot. Mm-hmm. So the moment it you know moment old boy reaches out and takes the teacup, it burns his hands right, mm. and so he drops it, and is 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 confused. And and in that moment, because he dropped the teacup. Like Kang Xiong claimed he was rude in the presence of the emperor. Mm. And he goes, take that man, take him down. And all this like, you know, a couple dozen boys jump out onto the great soldier, Wait, you know, great that's general. Like that's how they took him down. That's how they took him down. That's how they took him down. It's like one grown himself. man couldn't fight off like 30 children, right? I mean, they're training, they're training martial arts. And they were trained and they were trained in martial arts. They're training martial arts just to make him... Burning with tea? No, no, the tea. That was a signal. That was a, that was an excuse, right? Mm. That was the that's the, your moment of action. Yeah, but that's that's not how they get rid of him. How they get rid of him is that he's one one grown man against like thirty teenagers, and they wrestle mm. him down. Mm. The tea was the excuse. It was to the ex- excuse to say he was rude to the emperor because he dropped the teacup. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's it, they're building in like a ceremonial. Like an excuse, like a justification for for using mm. force, right? Because um, he was rude in the imperial presence, um, um, but it was a, it was a palace coup, and um, and yeah, so he, he you know they, they take him down, and uh, Kangxi comes out and he's like, anyone else? Anyone else want to like pretend he's really in charge? Huh? Huh? You know? And uh, and everyone kind of gets the message that. If this kid can can basically you know not only survive but win like a like a palace power struggle when he's fourteen years old, what can he do by the time he's fully grown up? Right? Oh. You know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, I never liked Obo. I I barely knew him. I barely knew him. You know, <laughs> and so Kangxi comes into his full power at age 14. Okay. What happened with the old boy? He died? Uh, they, he actually, um, many years later, Kangxi like officially forgave him. Yeah, but... Okay, yeah, but, but, in, but in, the, in the meantime, you know, Kangxi comes in his own. And, and, um, and at, as, at, at 14, or he was, I think he was just shy of 15, he was about to turn 15. You know, becomes mm-hmm. so. In that respect, he was a greater ruler than Louis. Mm-hmm. Louis waited for Mazarin to die, mm. and he was already twenty-three by then. You know, he yeah, didn't. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. Whereas Kangxi was just like, I want power now, and I'm. I don't care for that man who's standing in my way. Mm. You know, I don't care for him. You know, like <laughs> knives out, knives out. Um, and uh, like I said, he goes on to be one of the great, great rulers of. Of China, and he was, um, and um, and Louis then you know heard about Kangxi 
So people are talking about it. Mm. And in part because in Europe, you know, interest in China, chinoiserie you know, mm. was starting to be a thing, right? You yeah. Know, there's a lot of interest in China. I mean, all the, yeah. all the objects are the aligned with the plates, the... Rococo, the Baroque, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all, right. There's a lot of Chinese influence in there. And that was... Uh, partly because of Louis, because then Louis then, uh, he was also close to the Jesuits, right? So he sponsored Jesuit missions to China. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, was, he was very curious about what's going on over there. And um, uh, in, that, in that period of, of, of uh, European history, in that period of, uh, in French culture, you know, there people often held out China as being, you know, oh, you know, so cool. They do this even in China. It must be so good. You know, like, you know, we should do this because they do it in China. You know, they would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, of course, most of the time they were wrong. <laughs> and uh, the French the yeah, Académie Française starts to study the Chinese language, try to work out how, these, you know, it's, it's incomprehensible to Europeans without someone explaining to them, right? Mm. So they try to, they started to try to study it, try to work, try to figure it out. They try to figure it out, like, without anyone explaining to them? Yeah. Really? For a time, yeah. For oh a time, God, for a time, they were convinced it was a, it was a dialect of Hebrew. So dumb! <laughs> oh my God! Hey, you have you have Duolingo now, right? They didn't have that back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they didn't have, have textbooks. Time, yeah. Nobody helped. Nobody helped them. So it was you know. Um, but uh, sadly, Louis and well, I mean, as you'd expect in the first 17th century, Louis and Kangxi never had a chance to meet, mm-hmm. but they knew about each other, uh, and they were both curious about the other's country. Louis was interested in Chinoiserie in, in Chinese culture. Kangxi was very interested in Western science, and and he was you know very interested in having having the Jesuits you know, you know missionaries tell him like everything tell me everything about where you come from you know I want I want to learn more. He was very uh, open minded and uh, quite a scientific you know had a very scientific mind and was like, yeah, tell me more, tell me, tell me how this telescope works, you know, like explain this to me, you know, how your, in your astronomy, how do you do this? And how do you, he was, he was always into that. And uh, sadly, they never met. Uh, Louis once tried to, uh, uh, he wrote a letter to Kansi, uh, very, very friendly, very, very sort of best friends kind of letter. <laughs> and, uh, he had people bring it over. He had people uh, try to, try to bring the letter to Beijing. Sadly, as they passed through Russia, Peter the Great, Tsar of Russia, or his people, decided to uh, not let them take the letter through. They, I guess they didn't want... I guess they, they... Perhaps Peter didn't want Louis and Kansi to be friendly. Mm. Is, well, for political reasons, one imagines, but it's also quite... It's kind of funny to think about because Peter, Louis, and Kangxi were all three of them, you know, particularly notable monarchs, mm. and they were exact contemporaries, mm. right? And they all each of them ruled for very yeah, long so time. Yeah, so Peter didn't want Peter didn't, didn't want, want so, Louis right. to be friend with Kangxi, right? But also, it, that's also when you put it that way, right? It's kind of funny. It's like, why well, you didn't invite me? You know, <laughs> I thought, but. You know, there's three of us. Yeah. There's three of us who are like this. Why are you writing letters to each other? You know, what is this in the No Peter Club? Come on. I mean, yeah. You no, know? right. Um, so, uh, and and uh, Peter actually then himself, uh, the, uh, the this Russian Empire, then had its own dealings with Kansi in the famous Treaty of Nerchinsk of 1689. But that'll be for what. 
Treaty of Nerchinsk, which fixed the Russian-Chinese border. But that will be for a later episode, I think. Okay. All right. So anyway, so that is the story, my friends, of when an emperor of China, the equivalent, supposedly, of Louis XIV, got a group of children to take down his political rival, his regent, and to assume power for himself. Thank you. Thanks. This has been <laughs> this has been MLDG. Thanks for listening.